Businesses across Australia are slowly reopening their offices as stay-at-home orders ease up. But with coronavirus still posing a risk, the workplace is a whole new ballgame. Are Perspex screens and tape on every other chair in the office the answer to enforcing safe distancing? And if workers can opt to cycle or walk or run to work, can showers and change rooms still be available to them safely? Is Blu-ray the secret to germ-free air conditioning? That and more with Andrew Borger, Head of Office Developments at Charter Hall and JLL Corporate Solutions Leader, Tony Wiley. I'm Rebecca Kent, your host, and this is JLL's Perspectives Podcast. Tony Wiley from JLL and Andrew Borger from Charter Hall. Thank you so much for your time. Tony, what has been the prevailing approach by organisations in making their workplaces ready and and safe and compliant? Yes, thanks, Rebecca. Um, My role with JLL is I look after Asia Pacific. So drawing on a bit about what we're seeing happening in countries like China and and, uh, in Hong Kong that have already done a lot of re-entry and also what we're seeing organisations prepare for in Australia. I'll just share some insights on that. Um, We're seeing three main approaches to re-entry. The first one is probably the the minimalist approach uh, where organisations are probably not doing much other than staggering or or splitting their workforce into shifts um, so that they can lower densities to meet social distancing requirements. And then really letting people, you know, with their own behaviour, come into the office and and set, spread out themselves without, I guess, being, uh, you know, too concerned and and saying where and what you can't sit, and just making sure they bring in the extra cleaning. The second approach is what, you know, I'm referring to as the tape and perspex approach. Um, we're seeing a lot of, you know, tape being put down to ensure social distancing. Um, you know, perspex screens being put up or sneeze screens being put up. Um, this is, I guess, highlighting where you can move um, the, the, the one-way pass through offices, which desks are blocked that you can't sit in, how many people can be in meeting rooms. This appears to be the most common approach being taken by most organisations. Um, the, and the third approach is really a, a, a minor reconfiguration, repurposing of space. We're seeing some people feel that putting tape and perspex up is not going to make it a very productive space for their people and, and create the concern that it, is it safe or not. So redoing some minor reconfigurations, maybe putting up some walls where you're closing off more open plan areas. To, so you're putting the corridor, a new wall in, um, you know, large spaces like meeting rooms and breakout areas that may not be used for some time are being repurposed with some additional desks um, and just looking at reconfiguring the existing furniture rather than using the existing and, and then blocking it out. So they're the three approaches that we're seeing, but the, there is a fourth and the fourth is really something that all organisations should be looking at doing and that's concurrently looking at what their new normal is or what the next normal is for their organisation because all of those first three approaches are very much, you can sense, interim approaches. And the question is, why are we being interim? Yeah, interesting. And no doubt the immediate return to work will be crucial for organisations in um, 
developing trust among their um, among their workers and that they're doing the right things and and there'll be a barrage of questions from workers that are concerned about their their health and um, how compliant their workplaces are um, maybe you can preempt what some of the more frequently asked questions organizations can expect to receive from workers the common questions might be you know what extra screening do i need to go to through when i arrive i mean how are the lifts going to work is it going to take me a long time to get to my floor um, and, and more importantly once you're moving through the space and getting to your desk you know how do i know when the desk was last cleaned and too clean to a, an appropriate standard and when i'm in a meeting room do i need to wipe things down when i leave the meeting room or is that left to somebody else you know, if I go to the bathroom, I mean, how many people are allowed in there and what's the etiquette in there? And will I feel awkward about that? So how um, people should behave and, and what the new behavioural rules are need to be clearly communicated. I think part of the conversation has got to be at the moment, you know, we're in that pre-returning to work phase for most uh, of the Australian white-collar workforce um, and organisations are getting you ready. What they're doing at the moment is they're assessing their own workspaces to understand how social distancing guidelines will comply, and that varies differently from organisations that are very much focused on ABW as their start point. I think there will be a lot more challenges with those organisations because they've got a different type of density to deal with versus organisations that have a higher level of either fixed work points or even offices, so there's a challenge through that. Then as a vaccine gets closer, I think people will start assessing things on a more longer-term basis. Definitely, I think, um, one of the positives from COVID from a workplace point of view is it's demonstrated that organisations who have a poor technology platform have definitely had to come very quickly into the future. And I think people are now realising that you don't need to physically be somewhere to always collaborate. Um, so I think there's a, a positive understanding of how technology can be used. So it may well be, potentially, we see a higher density per person for the workforce that's in the office. When I first started back in this great industry in 1987, we have work densities in of over one person for 25 square metres. And we've gone through the last 33 years, various iterations of new workplace designs, and as densities have changed, there's been a continual prediction over that uh, three or decades that that's the end of office. So a chapel hall will not pretend to be the end of office. Definitely at the moment, we are seeing those some significant changes. So we don't believe people can jump to the end game just due to what life will be like once a vaccine is created, definitely we're going to need to create a medium-term horizon of working with our tenants, both in terms of our base building, how their fit-outs change, how our fit-outs change, and we'll use our own operating procedures as, as, as benchmarks and test cases. But in this in this interim period, uh, it'll be one of assessing what isn't isn't working, how end of trips are being brought back, what isn't isn't working. Yeah, potentially, I think at the moment, end of trips are very much being designed on the basis of people are uh, doing their exercise, whether they're cycling or running to or from work. I think what we're going to see going forward is that bicycle will be a way of getting to work, not necessarily um, trying to make the Olympics uh, next year in 2021 with doing 30 k's an hour, but people may be happy to go at a more leisurely pace just to go from uh, home to work. We're coming into the winter months, so potentially you may have bikes without the inter-trip component as an example. Yeah, I was just going to add to, I think we've already seen the landlord tenant or, or relationship I guess come closer in in the past number of years and I think we're going to see that go even further as a result of COVID-19 you know agreeing and discussing around 
you know, how the lobbies and lifts and things work between the building owners and the, and the tenants. There is, you know, the talk of, are we going to have a more distributed workforce? Are there going to be hubs that, that creep up now? It may work for some organisations, but if you have a landlord who has a good spread of a, an own portfolio, you know, discussions with that landlord about seeing whether there's the ability to utilise spaces in some of their other locations so that your employees don't have to travel to the central core of a city are the discussions that people should be exploring in that partnered arrangement with the, the occupier and the, and the owner. Yeah, I totally agree 100%. I think we see, uh, using Sydney as an example, that Parramatta really um, is going to become that significant spoke for organisations that have a a large proportion of their workforce uh, in Sydney CBD. We think Parramatta will become, uh, in a very short term, a really good alternative. As we know, it's a geographic centre of population for Sydney, and I think what it also does, it provides for organisations that can only get back to 50% in their main uh, HQ. I think also using underutilised space for organisations with large portfolios of buildings is one way of working with their tenant customers. I hear there are something like 40 different touch points for staff on their way to work um, and in the office over the course of the day. I'm interested to know how contactless technology um, might be used, not just mitigate um, contact, but to monitor um, distancing and contact as well. And there's no doubt that, you know, entry doors and, and doors in your tenancy, security gates, lift buttons, um, you know, in the restrooms. There's so many surfaces that we, we currently touch. I don't see a massive um, turnaround on that overnight. I think we'll just see enhanced cleaning going on. Um, but certainly there are some measures that are, people are taking, like putting clear film over lift buttons that can either be replaced more frequently or cleaned more easily. Um, a number of measures like that are being taken. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people that are looking, even if you go to simple things like printing, looking at implementing more follow me printing where you scan your pass rather than touching buttons. And, and there's a lot of uh, research already done on materials. Um, some of the harder materials are easier to clean, but they let the virus survive longer. So, you know, we're getting a lot of questions about, should I replace soft furnishing, furnishing you know, materials with harder furnishing materials. And it's really a balance between how regularly you clean and and, uh, and not. So a tricky one, but I think we will definitely see that trend happening. And, and again, working with between the tenant and the landlords about, you know, retrofitting the buildings with that, that technologies is, is a key thing. We've been uh, working for about 12 months now on a project uh, to ensure all our new developments provide a new level of design in relation to um, toilets and amenities in terms of touchless um, facilities. At the moment, on average, uh, there are nine touch points um, if you're using a, a cubicle within a toilet at the moment. Um, we're looking at design now to get that down to three, and we think also with further technology, we can get that down to zero. I'm noting that the key thing for people is that uh, having gone to the bathroom, what you want to do is once you wash your hands, you want to have an exit out of the bathroom and having to touch things. So we think we can do that definitely with three. And then depending on um, uh, the ability to provide it, we actually can get down to, to zero. So I think, you know, we're, we're looking to fast track that into our new developments as, a, as a, a starting point. Again, at Charter Hall, we've been really investing into uh, that frictionless access, getting into the office uh, for both 
staff and their visitors as well. So we're currently using a uh, app base now on many of our own tenancies and on our new projects where you can use your uh, phone as a way of um, entering the buildings. You're not actually touching anything uh, at all. Um, we're also looking at now putting in Blu-ray into our HVAC systems where we can actually kill up to 99% of any bacteria that comes into uh, the HVAC system. So I think, again, you're going to see an increased focus on uh, how we, particularly in, in our mechanical systems, how we can use technology to further decrease any bacterial buildup in, uh, in, in the workplace. And I think, I think HVAC in particular and lifts are going to be uh, a big focus. Tony, what about things like sustainability, wellness, efficiency, all those things that are conducive to worker productivity? Look, I think it's definitely going to become a focus for a lot of organisations, the, the whole sustainability push. You know, previously, and I don't think this will go away, but it'll need to shift, but previously a lot of organisations use their workplace and their approach to work with their employees as a way to attract and, and retain staff, um, giving people flexibility, um, letting them, you know, empowering them, making them feel engaged are all key aspects of what the workplace was about. And I think as we move now towards this, you know, flexible is a real key word, but this more flexible work from home, work remote, work anywhere, there's a need to make sure that the brand of your organisation and what they're focused on, not, not just for the fact of attracting and retaining employees, but for the betterment of the planet, but it will be a key differentiator for firms that truly live that. I think one of the reasons that end of trips became a really strong point was that tenants really grappled with what does is, what is having sustainability rating mean in terms of the building? And um, whilst there are many, many metrics to go up to that, the reason end of trip jumped out was is that people understood it. But, you know, when people are going to be resistant to getting public transport now into the office, and I think that could potentially be a longer term trend. We think that end of trips need to be significantly revisited in terms of potential size, uh, both in terms of the number of, of, of bike racks and then locker rooms and change rooms. I think that's going to be a big change. Again, we're now starting to see in our older cities, the road networks probably can't cope with potentially the high densities in terms of, of cycles. We've seen already in Germany now test cases where uh, some of the car parking lanes are now being converted quickly to uh, additional cycle facilities as well. So I think end of trip is going to be a really good example of where sustainability is really going to drive a further, further change. Just one last question for you both. One thing that you think this pandemic will uh, spell the end of and one new thing that we may see emerge with respect to the way people interact with their workplaces or the way buildings are developed. Well, I think there's, there's no doubt it will see the end of the I guess, view that working from home is not productive. Um, the second part really um, that we will see, I think, is around technology. We've seen organisations take, you know, five to 10 year programs of technology rollout and roll that out in weeks, if not months, you know. And I think the, you know, executive leaderships of firms are going to have this expectation on the speed of how the technology departments um, can react. I think in terms of one area that's going to change significantly from a workplace point of view is that people are going to want to have set points of where they work every day when they're coming into work. I agree we are going to see a, a larger proportion of working from home, 
you know, at Charter Hall, we are not predicting the end of the workplace. I think we're going to see a change workplace. I think densities will change. And the need to have set work points, I think, is really going to become a priority. And that takes us to the end of our um, of our podcast. Andrew Borger from Charter Hall and Tony Wiley of Jalil, thank you very much and great insights. Thanks, Dick. Rebecca. That was another Perspectives podcast, a snapshot of the trends and insights shaping real estate and the broader built environment sector. If you like what you heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google or any other podcast app. You can also visit jll.com.au forward slash perspectives dash podcast for more episodes, guest biographies or simply to ask JLL or our guest speakers any questions you might have. I'm Rebecca Kent. 